My name is Bill Crockett, and this is Touch of the Master's Hand. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Touch of the Master's Hand. My name is Bill Crockett. I was recently asked a question um, that I wanted to address today in a, a lengthier lesson than what I normally do, and that's why I'm only doing one this week. Um, I was asked the question, how do I find direction for my life? Well, that brought me back to a time in my own life where I really had no direction, and I, I needed help. I needed God's help. I needed to know, where do I go from here? What do I do? So in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8, I believe that God gives us some direction on how to find purpose or direction for our life. And I wanted to share that with you today. First of all, let's read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. My life was a mess. Everything about my life and the direction of my life had totally changed. I made some bad decisions and had no clue where to go next. I felt lost. And that was about 26 years ago. I was 36 years old at the time. And today, my life has purpose. I'm as happy as I've ever been. And God has given me direction. So what made the difference? What happened that got me out of my, quote, funk and headed me in the right direction? Well, I believe the verses that we just read in Proverbs chapter 3 sum it up. It gives us an outline of what happened to me and what can happen to you if you're struggling to find direction for your life. In these verses, we find wisdom and guidance from God when we've lost our own way and we don't know what to do next. So today, we're going to examine these verses and all the truths that they teach. And my prayer is that hopefully it will help someone listening to this to find direction for your life and to get purpose and to get renewed joy when you wake up in the morning once again. But before we get started, I want to mention a few clarifiers that need to be understood. First of all, number one, this is not a quick fix. Bad decisions still have consequences, and these consequences must run their course in many cases. However, with God in control, these consequences can be minimized and in some cases even eliminated. Number two, this all happens God's way in God's time because he's in charge. We live in a microwave society where we want everything done in a few quick minutes. That's not how God works. It's God who created us, and he wants the best for us. However, his timing and his way of doing things is perfect. And you're going to see that as we dig into these verses in just a minute. And number three, your life will probably look nothing like you think it would. It, it's probably not going to be what you're imagining. Mine certainly wasn't. God may take you places you never thought you'd go and empower you to do things you never thought you would do. 
He makes our life into something wonderful, something that's beyond anything we could ever even imagine. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely, infinitely more than we might ask or think. If we follow God's instructions in these few short verses, he will show us what path to take and do more with our life than we ever imagined. So with that said, let's get started. I have no direction, so where do I begin? Well, in verse number five, God tells us where to start. Proverbs 35, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The first place to start is by trusting God with all our heart. But I have a question for you. Do you know God? Do you know Jesus Christ? God says I can trust him, and he even tells me to trust him. But is it really that easy? And I would tell you, no, it's not. You see, it's hard for us to trust someone we don't know. Therefore, I'm going to have to I'm going to have a hard time trusting God if I don't know him. So with that said, the first thing we really must do is meet Jesus. As a 15-year-old in a boarding school some 800 miles from my home, I met Jesus personally. Now, I had gone to church all my life, but I never understood what a personal relationship with Jesus was. It was just religion that I had no use for. However, after hearing a man who spoke at our school tell of his personal relationship with Jesus, I knew I wanted what he had. He talked to Jesus. Jesus led him in making decisions. He helped him in times of difficulty and gave him peace and joy like he said he had never known. I wanted that too. So on September 15, 1975, I knelt by my bed in a dorm room and I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin and come into my life and be my savior. And he did just that and I've never been the same since. While the journey on my part has not been as smooth as it could have been, Jesus has always been there and never forsaken me. He's helped me and brought me back from so many mistakes and bad decisions, I can't even count them. Because of all this, I know that I can trust him. If you've never learned about who Jesus really is and what he's done for you and how much he loves you, then that's where you need to start. Once you understand who he is and you invite him into your life, then you too will begin that personal relationship and start learning how you can trust him. The first act of trust is to trust him to forgive you, save you, and to come into your life and be your Lord and your guide. If you'd like to know more about how to understand salvation or you need help on how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you'll send me an email at info at BillCrockett.com, that's I-N-F-O at B-I-L-L-C-R-O-C-K-E-T-T.com, I'll get back to you with information on how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So the first step in getting direction for my life or for your life is we've got to trust God with all of our heart, and that begins by knowing God. But it continues that trust 
by learning how to let go. Back to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Trusting God means letting go of the steering wheel of your life and letting God, as the song says, take the wheel. I must let God direct my life. Just as when we drive across a bridge, we trust that engineers and builders did a good job and the bridge will support us when we drive across it. That trust comes easier as we see others driving safely across the bridge and our confidence in the bridge grows even stronger the more we personally drive across that bridge. Well, the same is true with trusting God. Once you come to know him and you begin to have a personal relationship with him, then you hear the testimony of what God has done in the lives for others. It helps us to begin to trust him, knowing he can do the same thing for us he did for others. Then as we begin to trust him, then we see him work in our own life. And that also helps our faith in God grow and become stronger. Trusting God with all our heart means that we put complete confidence in the fact that God will direct our steps and make things happen that we can't. Then we accept whatever he does because we know and truly believe it's what's best for us. Listen to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working in our own lives. We've just got to trust him. We've got to let go. And by the way, this is often called surrendering our life to God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 describes how this takes place, this surrender, this letting go. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Paul begins by saying, because of everything God's done for us, he sent Jesus to die for our sins. He's forgiven us. He's given us a home in heaven. He's offered us uh, an abundant life if we'll just listen to him. So Paul says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. He's literally talking about our physical life on this earth. Surrender our physical life to God. Let go and let God direct us. Then he goes on to say, let them, our lives, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Basically, we let go of our own life and let God run it. Then Paul continues, this is truly the way to worship him. The best way to say thank you to God for all he's done for us is to surrender our life to him. So how does this take place? He continues in verse 2 of Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We can't follow God by copying the behavior and customs of this world. We've got to let God change us into a new person by changing the way we think. And he does that by teaching us the Bible and when we begin to live our life by the Bible. Once we do that, he finishes verse 2 of chapter 12 of Romans by saying this, then you will learn to know God's will for you. God's will means his purpose, his plan, his design, his desire, his choice for you. And Paul says, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's plan for our life is good. It's pleasing and it's perfect. It doesn't get any better. 
So the key to trusting God, once we know him, is letting go and letting God direct our life. So where do we begin? We begin by trusting God with all of our heart. Number two, the second thing we do is we've got to stop trying to figure it out on our own. I had to stop trying to figure things out myself. Look at Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In verse seven, he says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. I find myself quite often trying to figure things out and plan out what to do. I'm one of those kind of people who's always trying to fix situations and people, which, by the way, is not necessarily a good thing. I sometimes tend to think I'm so smart that I don't need anybody's help, which, of course, is ridiculous. And Well, that's exactly what happened to me 26 years ago. The problem was my plan was filled with flaws and disobedience to God because it was all about what I wanted and not what God wanted. I was trusting my own understanding of life and how I thought it should go. I believed I could do what I wanted, get away with it, and everything would turn out great. I was so wrong. There is no way that we can outthink or undermine God and turn out okay. When we try, we always make a mess. God's plan is the only one that works. Listen to these verses in Proverbs. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 21 and verse 30. No human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. Proverbs 18 and verse 30. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He's a shield for all to look to him for protection. I finally realized I had to stop trying to figure out how to fix my own life and listen to God. And it was then and only then that things began to change. So what comes next? Well, for most of us, there's going to be a life-changing decision. And that is, we've got to decide to do whatever God tells us to do. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do. His plan, his purpose, his design, his desire, his choice. Remember Romans 12, 1 and 2? It talked about God's will being good, acceptable, and perfect. Romans eight twenty eight reminds us that God is working everything for our good. And the word good there means for the benefit of. God is working in our life for our benefit. And it's much more enjoyable if we just do what God says instead of doing our own thing and having to learn the hard way. Doing what God tells us to do starts with the present, right now, today, this minute. It's a lifestyle of obeying God and making right choices each day. We can't focus so much on what we think might happen tomorrow that we get distracted from doing the right thing today. Listen to what the Bible says in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. 
what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. We've got to decide that we're going to do whatever God tells us to do right now, today, in this moment. So what is it that God wants us to do right now? Is it to work on stopping a bad habit? Is it changing a friend group? Is it getting back to reading the Bible and making better choices? Whatever it is, our focus must be on making God the priority of our life, doing what's right each day. God will take care of our needs. Make the decision to start doing whatever God tells you to do today, regardless of what it is or how you feel about it. This alone is what's going to change your life. It did mine. So then what do we do next? Well, I've decided to trust God. I have decided that what I'm going to do is stop trying to figure it out on my own. And I'm going to listen to God and do whatever he tells me to do. So the next step is, then I've got to go wherever God leads me. Proverbs 3 and verse 6. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He's going to show us where to go, and that's what I did. I went wherever God led me. The Bible tells us that when we seek God's plan for our life and we trust him, he'll show us what path to take. When, when I say I have no direction for my life, if we'll do these things, God says, I'll show you the path to take. I'll show you what direction to go in, and I'll lead you there. Now, that can be an exciting process if we let it. However, that doesn't mean that every step along the path is going to be fun and exciting. Sometimes we must go through deep waters to get where we need to be. Sometimes the path leads down dark roads where we can't see the light at the end of the street. Sometimes God will close a door and point us in a totally different direction on a road we never dreamed we'd ever travel. But since we know God is directing those steps, we can be sure whatever the path looks like at that moment, it's leading us to that place of fulfillment and blessing that God has planned for us. Our responsibility is to go wherever he leads us, even if we don't understand. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 24. The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? I can tell you that there were many paths I traveled to get to where I am today, and several of them I never dreamed I would go down. Looking back now, I can honestly say it was for the best, but it was not that easy while it was happening. I just continued to go where God led me and trusted him to take care of the details, and he did, and he'll do the same for you. Then next, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7, I had to make God the priority of my life. Verse 7 says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, here it is, fear the Lord and turn from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. To fear the Lord means to respect God with reverence, to know he's God and that my entire life is in his hands. I live and breathe because of him, and at any time he can cause me to stop breathing and my life on this earth would be over. Listen to what the Bible says in Acts 17 and verse 28. 
For in him, we live and move and exist. In him, we live and move and exist. He is in control of my life. So I decided that God was going to take priority over what I wanted. I had to be willing to do whatever he wanted me to do, even if I didn't really want to, even if it was hard, even if it meant changing some things about the way I lived. He had to be the top priority in my life. Matthew 6.33 is my life verse. It says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Colossians 1.18 says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. You know, there are still many times in my life where a decision has to be made, and I must consider what God's taught me from the Bible and try and discern what he wants me to do. He must be more important than what I want or more important than what I think. That's not always easy to do, but it's always the right thing to do. If we want to know God's direction for our life, he must be a priority. And that brings me to the next step. Change is necessary. You know, my friend, life is full of change. And I had to change some things about my life. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7 again says, "In Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord, here it is, and turn away from evil. I had to evaluate my life by the principles of God's word and do my best to get my lifestyle in line with the principles of the Bible. That meant I'd have to change some habits, some things I would have to stop. There were some responsibilities that I should be taking as a follower of Jesus that I would have to start holding myself accountable to. You may say, what are some of those things? Well, I'm glad you asked. For starters, I had to get back to reading and studying my Bible on a regular basis and surrounding myself with people who were following Jesus and wanting to live the kind of life I wanted to live. You see, unfortunately, I had allowed myself to get close to some people who did not want that, and it had pulled me down. Not that I'm not responsible for my own actions, but it always makes it harder to say no to those things that were not good for me when I'm surrounded by people that are constantly doing them. So I started reading my Bible again. I got involved in a good church and began surrounding myself with people who wanted to follow Jesus like I did. I received encouragement, instruction, and joy that I thought would never return. In Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, the Bible teaches about the very first church that started in Jerusalem, and it tells us some very important things about getting connected with the right kind of people, God's people. Listen to what the Bible says in Acts 2, beginning in verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all the people praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Being a part of a community with other believers is vital to the help of our relationship with the Lord. Not just for what we get, but also for what we can give to others. That brings me to the final step in Proverbs 3 for finding direction for our life. And that's experiencing the healing and renewed energy that God will give you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 8. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. I began to experience the joy that God put back in my life. He gave me opportunity to start teaching the Bible again and open doors of opportunity I never thought I'd ever have again. I felt my life being healed and strengthened. I had purpose direction, fulfillment, and joy, all because I did the things God tells us to do in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. My friend, you can have that too. Start today by getting to know Jesus. Then follow the steps of Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust him with all your heart. Stop trying to figure things out yourself. Decide to do whatever God tells you to do. Follow him wherever he leads you. Make him a priority in your life. Change whatever needs to be changed about your life, and then experience the healing, strength, and purpose that comes with following Jesus. He will give you direction for your life if you'll let him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for grace, mercy, forgiveness, and the word of God. Thank you for giving us direction and purpose in our life. And I pray for some that are listening today who have lost the direction for their life and they don't know where to go, that you will work in their hearts, change their life, help them to get to know you, and once again, give them purpose and direction for their life. And may they experience joy like they've never known before. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to Touch of the Master's Hand. I hope you have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.